Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. Movies, video games, comic books, TV. I like to sit down with professionals from all of those industries and more to talk pop culture. Maybe they're directors or writers or they work in video games or they're actors. Maybe they make comic books or write music. Whatever it is. I love talking stories with them, and that's why I started this show way back in 2006. This upcoming episode is no different. I sit down with filmmaker Angel Gracia, and we talk about his brand new movie that's out this weekend called How the Green Ghost Stole Christmas. It stars George Lopez, so we share some George stories. We talk about some indie filmmaking. We talk about filmmaking on a tight budget, a tight schedule, but just getting it done. I loved talking to Angel. He is coming back on Geekscape very soon. We've been trading the texts, talking about making it happen in the new year. Uh, and I'm super excited about it. Sorry you guys did not get an episode last week. The holidays hit, and um, I figured it was time to <laughs> kick up the feet a little bit. You guys have been getting some Fast and Furious Geekscape episodes. We did the Loki Season 2 coverage. We did the Marvels coverage. That is in the feed right behind this episode. We had Matt Lillard and Bill Rehor on to talk uh role-playing games we have had some amazing episodes and i was burnt out i was like let me do some writing some running and some movie watching during thanksgiving and uh and get myself back on track because it's going to be a sprint to the end of the uh, of the year uh we're not going to let up after this we have la comic con coming up this weekend and then the following weekend on December 8th, we have the like 12-plus-hour Geekscape live stream that Matt Kelly's been putting together. Geekscape will have an episode in there, so you got to be looking for the schedule. And I'm really, really, really excited to see what we can do to raise money for Big Brothers Big Sisters and uh, just see all the different shows that are involved and what they've got for the programming this year. Matt really puts his all into it, so it would be awesome if you're listening to this right now on audio. This is an audio only episode. It'd be amazing. If you say, you know what, I'm going to go check out the Geekscape YouTube page or the Facebook page or the Twitch. And I'm going to search those out and I'm going to uh, put a little reminder, hit a little bell button uh, for that Geekscape holiday live stream that is happening on December 8th. It's going to be live. Almost every show on the network will be present for it. And we're going to try and raise a lot of money for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And we're going to have a lot of fun, and you'll be a part of it. And it's a great way to uh, kind of start ringing in the end of the year. 
It's not the end of the year, though, because if you're listening to this right now, because you subscribe to the Geekscape podcast, you're going to get three panels from LA Comic Con. You're going to get a Geekscape live at LA Comic Con. You're also going to have me talking to screenwriters about the first time they sold their scripts, what went into selling those scripts, and how they kept selling scripts throughout. Um, I've put that panel together. It's going to be a lot of fun. I also have a panel on putting together independent comics, kickstarting or Indiegogo, or maybe you just put together a comic with your friends and you took it to independent publishers and found a way to uh, get up on, uh, into the comic book profession that way. That's going to be an awesome panel. Um, that is all going to come right here in the Geekscape feed. So subscribe, share with your friends, tell them that this is a fun show that has some amazing uh, episodes. This one that I'm about to share with you guys is awesome. And I just want to uh, not oversell it. It's a shorter episode. It's a 20 minute conversation. Maybe that's a good thing because <laughs> I could have talked to Angel for a while. And maybe you're asking like, hey, wait, Jonathan, hold up. You said you watched movies over Thanksgiving. What did you watch? Uh, I'm so glad you maybe asked. Uh, Heidi has never seen RoboCop. <laughs> It's not really a Heidi type of movie, but uh, she was open to it. She'd seen Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers because our friend Casper is the lead in that. And uh, also uh, former Geekscape guest, Jay Busey. So so Heidi was in the Starship Troopers and she realized that it was a little bit more than just like a bloody sci-fi movie, right? Like Starship Troopers is great. Paul Verhoeven sci-fi movies are amazing. They have the commentary. They got everything going on. There's a lot more going on than just you know, blood and guts and sci-fi. And so we watched RoboCop and she thought that was great. And it's such a good movie. The original 87 RoboCop is so good, but then it was time to watch a Heidi movie. So we watched while you were sleeping, uh, the Sandra Bullock, like romantic comedy where she falls for Peter Gallagher. He falls on the train tracks. She works at the subway in Chicago. She rescues him. He's in a coma. And, uh, you know, she kind of gets like, it's like a mistaken identity, they think that she's the fiance and then uh, Bill Pullman comes in as the brother and she actually falls for Bill Pullman. No spoilers, but uh, it is a really awesome, really awesome movie. Maybe it's something you want to watch with your parents over Christmas, but we put it on cause it was a Christmas themed movie. It takes place during Christmas and it's just a really good classic romantic comedy. It's really great. And so, so Sandra Bullock's never been cuter. She's cute and everything, but this this is like really peak Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman a year before Bill Pullman saved us from the aliens as the president of the United States in Independence Day. Uh, and then, of course, I had to show Heidi my favorite Stanley Kubrick movie because she's really into period piece films. So my favorite is Barry Lyndon. You might be like, wait, hold up. It's not 2001. It's not The Shining. It's not Full Metal Jacket. No, no. My favorite Stanley Kubrick movie is Barry Lyndon. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's incredible. And every time I read about the making of Barry Lyndon and how particular Stanley Kubrick was with making this film, from the production to the story to the performances, I love Barry Lyndon even more because I think it's perfect. I love the narration. I love every shot. I love every moment. I love the story. I love Barry Lyndon. Maybe you didn't know that. <laughs> Maybe you're a longtime Geekscape listener and you're like, wait, I never knew that. Barry Lyndon was Jonathan's favorite Stanley Kubrick film. It is. I love it. I can watch it anytime. Uh, did I just stay home though? No, Heidi and I went to see Next Goal Wins, the new Taika Waititi movie. And it has Michael Fassbender 
uh, true story, based on a true story at least, where uh, the American Samoan soccer team has basically been disgraced from like th- because of like the worst loss in international play ever. Uh, I guess they they were pretty much shut out thirty something to nothing to Australia one year, and on the brink of basically being folded up by the American soccer association or whatever federation or whatever's in charge, they send a coach down there uh, to try and just make something of this American Samoa team. And uh, it was a really sweet movie. I thought it was a really wonderful movie. Um, I don't know what's going on with fandom and cinephiles and Taika right now, but I guess you make Thor Love and Thunder and suddenly it's not cool to say you love Taika Waititi. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I love, I'm already watching uh, the new episodes of Our Flag Means Death. I love it. I've seen every episode of What We Do in the Shadows. I love it. I'm a Taika Waititi fan, and I love Nick's Gold Wins. So that's another one that maybe with your parents or, you know, you want to get like a, a nice, warm, feel-good movie. You know, maybe I'm going to go ahead and go like in the in the vein of like Cool Runnings. Remember the John Candy Jamaican bobsled team classic? It's right in there, but it obviously has the Taika Waititi charm and spin and i love his writing and i love the performances he gets so four super positive recommendations maybe you've seen all those movies maybe you've seen none of those movies but that's what i watched when i was watching movies over thanksgiving before thanksgiving i watched a movie called how the gringo stole christmas and the director my new friend angel gracia came on the show to talk about it with me and here is that conversation. Enjoy, Geekscapists. Angel, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Look at that guitar in the background. You going to jam out for us here? This is the Gringo bass. It's signed by the cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, I got to do something. George is a uh, guitar player. He's a guitar player. I've been on Zooms with George. Yeah, very good guitar player. And I was like, yeah. okay, I, I needed, this is my therapy. So I, use, I play bass as therapy. And I went uh-huh. to the guitar center going crazy one night. And I saw this thing, and I go, "That's it. That's the the Gringo bass, the Grinch bass." And so I got that, and I got them all to sign it, and then we jammed a little bit on set. So that became so. From now on, every movie I'm gonna I'm gonna get a color bass and have it signed. In a in a bass, that's the and the color is based on like the what the movie is, what the movie is about. Well, I figured Gringo Grinch. See, I, I I clearly wore green to to talk some Gringo. Yeah, there and you I'm, go. I'm exactly. half gringo, so why not? I'm I, I whenever people ask me about my Spanish, my mother's from Guadalajara. When people ask me about my Spanish and I grew up in Austin, I say I speak Gringlish. Or I I describe myself as a Texican, something like that, you know. But but out here in LA, George specifically, like we got Chicano. And when you've been on Zoom with George, I remember getting on a Zoom with George Geekscape as I'm taking a little bit behind the scenes of my own filmmaking and talking to George about projects. And I love George. 
And uh, I saw him a few months ago on a picket line. We can talk about that stuff now. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I was nervous because I uh, when I first moved to LA, I loved George the Latino. You know, I was a delivery guy delivering scripts to different places for post houses, this and that. And I delivered a, a script to George. I don't think I've ever told this story on the, on the podcast Geeks Cabus, but we're talking film here. And I, I got to know all about Angel and his journey from Spain to Miami and all this. But real quick, I, uh, well, late one night, I had to deliver a script to George Lopez's house for a, a Christmas movie. It was a Christmas movie for a, a TV company called Von Zernick Certner that makes TV movies. And one night I go out there and I'm like, yeah, he's not going to answer the door. He'll have somebody answer the door, right? It's George Lopez. He's got a TV show on. And he answers the door and looking up to him so long, you know, coming out of high school, college, this and that, and not many Latinos being in the industry, I pretty much threw the script at him and ran. And so, <laughs> and so fast forward to a few years ago, getting George like real behind the scenes for for us Geekscape is here on the, on the filmmaking versus the Geekscape that we do here. Uh, I get on a Zoom with George and my producer's not on it yet. The sirens telling me like, let's talk about your films, Jonathan, more about Angel. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, and, it and and I'd written a letter to George saying, hey, this is actually the second script I've given you. And this was the one I wrote. And uh, and it meant a lot to me that he wanted to Zoom with me and and possibly be in my film. And and I remember getting on the on the Zoom with him and my producer wasn't on there. And, the, and he just looks at you and, you know, he can be intense. And he goes, that was a beautiful script you wrote, man. So immediately, like that guitar you've got in the background, I'm calling you Angel or Angel, but I see this guitar, just like George, he's got a Lower Marion 33 jersey in the background. It's Kobe Bryant's high school jersey, and I, and I can talk basketball with anybody. Like my my like pitching tactic is to enter the offices and look for basketball, right? Because I can just BS and start. I, I start. latched onto his guitars. He had yeah. anyone have, anyone have he's his got, guitar. He's got the Kiss stuff in the back, and he's got like all the like seventies rock stuff, early eighties rock stuff in the back. That's his lifeblood. But I went basketball, and then I went rock, and then we got into the talks, and we got talking to movies, and we traded emails a few weeks ago. And uh, and he's a wonderful guy. Did you have a similar experience bringing him onto this film? I mean, uh, talk about putting this thing together. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was brief because it's also. A man of few words, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. I thought it would be just very talkative, and he just gets on and tells you a few things. Then he makes the funny faces that he makes, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you go, okay, that's my cue to, like, move on. And uh, But he was – I think it was simple because I think he identified himself with the character from the background culture and having his own daughter who one day brought home – for not for Christmas, but brought home a surprise, which is her white boyfriend. And uh, that was – the conversation starter and i think he just was like oh yeah i can do this right and so i think that's how he felt identified with it and for me it was a only choice really mm -hmm. uh so it's a difficult it's like being your malkovich you gotta have your malkovich this is almost like being you know george lopez's gringo stole christmas gotta have the guy in the thing because of the character the humor the background the whole experience is just really uh, being a comedian, right? So you have an actor and a comedian built into one. This is this is really gold. It's a real thing to Geekscape, especially with Mexican Americans. Like y'all, y'all know my wife Heidi from watching the the show or listening to the show. But her nickname in my you know in our circles is La Gringita. Like I married La Gringita, and 
and it's a term of affection sometimes but sometimes it's a it's like a cultural demarcation right like it's especially where the movie set like east la you know it's 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 separated by the five here in los angeles geekscape is when you cross into east la it becomes very 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 chicano and you can sense it and the neighborhood changes everything changes and so I'll go ahead and like, this is a remake almost of Look Who's Coming to Dinner, right? Like the, the classic sort of movie where, where kind of like a fish out of water comes to dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, and also, and also Meet the Parents. In meet the way. Parents. It's it's on Meet the Parents. Yeah. It's Meet the Parents, Look Who's Coming to Dinner, the, coming the to old dinner. Sydney Poitier movie. And, uh, and I think it's great to do it with a, with like a Latino cast because it's, it's yeah. really been done white and African-American. Yeah. And Caucasian and here we got the Latino version of it and I love it and then mixing it with a Christmas movie what is that all about I mean obviously we got the heavy Catholicism working on our side but is it is it similar when you know obviously you spent time in the states and in Miami and this and that but is it is it a similar type of of approach when it's Hispanic and then all of a sudden now you're taking in a Latino culture right and they're not the same geese right like they're both Spanish speaking but how 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 much did you have to like, you've been in LA, you've been in filmmaking, like how much did it take for you to kind of like entrench yourself in that culture? And be well, able to when you live in LA, you have, you have to go through that because you see it everywhere. So now if you're in New York, I used to live in New York, you'll have more of a uh, East Coast, Dominican, Puerto Rican, Puerto Dominican Rican, combination, yeah. right? With Italian mix. And then if you're in Miami, I lived in Miami. So you got the Cuban heavy influence, a lot of South American, but in a way, uh, and, and if you're in Germany, you have the Turkish. Are, I used to say those are really? the, Mex- the Mexicans. <laughs> I say that about Armenians too. I say that to Armenian people. They're like, "Are you?" Because they think I'm Armenian. And I said, "No, guys, I'm Mexican." But there's so many similarities. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. But geekscapists who don't aren't familiar, like for real, we got our own grocery stores, we speak our own language, and we got a, like a huge sense of machismo. We all have facial hair by the time we're twelve. Like it's it's very similar. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> And for me, it's just basically being always a myself a fish out of water. I, I can just I can do this all day in any of those places. You, you just get to a town and find out who is that other culture that migrated there, that is accepted and not accepted. And it, and and I was saying this to a friend. It's like the closer we're together, we are quicker to find difference to criticize. Right. So if you're in Spain, it's Barcelona, Madrid. If you're in Italy, it's Rome, Milan. If you're in the UK, well, it's the UK versus the Scots and the Irish. If you're in the US, it's East Coast, West Coast, South America. I mean, you know, the, the quicker you see someone with a different accent, a different way of dressing, a different music, or, you know, right away criti- criticize, right? But you don't criticize the ones you don't see, but they're there and they're going through the same experience. So to me, the Christmas is just the uh, catalyst that brings, almost forces the family together. We must do this at this particular time. It's a, yeah. it's a mandate whether you follow family is the protagonist you either survive or you don't yeah this is yeah. happening and sometimes it's a strange family member you haven't seen you don't know why he's there uh or sometimes you know someone might bring the wrong boyfriend to the to the <laughs> to the party and uh this happens everywhere so this is this particular experience belongs to uh the writer uh Ezequiel Martinez who is a Chicano born and raised in East LA and he pretty much writes about his experiences his friends and family so it's all authentic from that point of view. And all I did is now adapt it to these other actors who have similar experiences while keeping the, you know, the Chicano sort of overall uh, atmosphere. And 
I want to, I mean, there's so much stuff. I mean, I, I, I was so excited to have you on the show, Angel. Like I, I flew home to get to, to get on this zoom with you because I really wanted to talk to you and there's so much more we can talk about. I really want to talk about things like uh creative tank, your, your agency and that does film television work and this and that, but there's no follow wanna... up because I'm sure we're on the clock, but we'll just do a yeah. sequel. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll find each other on social, on like social. Sometimes we find I find the, the guests and I start talking on social. Sorry about that, Katrina and uh, Tatum over at Katrina One PR, who I love and I've been working with them for years. But we'll we'll find each other and we'll talk shop on filmmaking after this. But yeah, uh, yeah, we can do one about the details and stuff. That love I it. I, I want to talk about one here. Well, the thing is, like, where'd you shoot the movie? Because because clearly, as somebody who lives in Los Angeles, where you shoot the movie. I, I love you, man, but like LA is East LA is such a specific place, but because of production, you know, realities, it's not always easy to shoot there. So talk yeah. about like adapting East LA to possibly a different location. What was the reality of that? Well, I wish I had shot it in East LA. Now I shot in East LA, the driving shots, establishing shots, all that. You shoot stuff. some Beverly Hills. I've seen some, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But the movie was shot in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Which is just about like <laughs> I was gonna say Georgia because obviously there's a big pipeline in Georgia as well, but all those all those tax incentives Geekscape has created a real like incentive in reality for filmmakers. And it's hard. Like you gotta really bend with that yeah. stuff. And Talk let me about... tell you, you go to Jackson, Mississippi, you're gonna do Chicano stuff, you got your work cut out. <laughs> just trying to find a low rider. <laughs> they don't know how to spell low rider. They got the pickup trucks. They're up high. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, right? So our scout went on, and he had to go to New Orleans, where there was some club of lowriders, and they weren't the lowriders you used to, you know, the expensive ones with the shiny paint and all that stuff. No, 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 no. Their lowriders are a different kind of lowriders. And so I saw the pictures, and there was like, no way, no way, no way, Jose. And then there was this thing. There's no Jose. You're not talking to Jose. <laughs> Then there, yeah, John. And then there was this thing. Jim. <laughs> Jim. And then there was this thing. And I'm going, wait a second. What is that? The one we used. And it was like, it was almost like there was no other choice, right? So this one was the only one to be had. But he also had a funny character to it. And since the Vatos are played not necessarily the dangerous tough guys that you would expect, yeah. but rather yeah, the funny. opposite, I then he kind of fit perfectly. But I, I would say I got lucky because we couldn't afford bringing one from East LA. Yeah. It's a very low budget movie shot in a limited time frame in a place where there's no low riders or any of that Mexican culture or any kind. Right. We, I was like on Amazon ordering stuff like Santa things. And I mean, I was just, I was like Amazon every day. We can't find that. We can't find this. We can do this. The, 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 the Amazon guys who coming in, you know, with the boxes, <laughs> they knew exactly where to go and drop the boxes. This is such a real conversation, you know what I mean? If you just flipped it to Granada Hills, they got they got them everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. So- yeah, it was really Ooh. difficult. And then when I got back to LA, it's like, okay, now we're cutting. Let me see what I need. I need this transition, yeah. that shot, and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, so I jump on a van and I go, let's go and grab these things. But they're like tiny crew grabbing shots, drive-bys, my own drone flying around. You know, it's it really it's a low budget film, so we just made it that way. But the flexibility of I can stand right here in this corner and shoot this thing, and no one's gonna bug me. So I shot East LA like a documentary. You know, I just went and shot and launched the drone and had warnings on the device, 
warning, did, did, did. you're getting too close to the police station or the jail or something or the other in downtown. And I just said, well, I might lose the drone in this one, but here we go. So I'm flying the drone above, you know, downtown where you have, yeah. there's the police station, 20 helicopters, the jail, the penitentiary and other thing and a bunch of electrical wires. So I'm just flying <laughs> through all that stuff. He never got shut down. So those are the establishing shots. And Angel, as somebody who comes out of music videos, because like I spent the I spent the two thousands. I, I did two music videos this year too. Like I, I I love music videos. I love the the being very specific with visuals. And you're shooting your own drone stuff. You're not just pulling this stuff off of like stock, right? It was really yeah. important to you to go out there and shoot that stuff and, and add that flavor back. Because I'm guessing when you shoot Mississippi for East LA, you you're conscious of having to like put some of that LA back into it, and yeah. you really want to yeah. be hands on with that stuff. Yeah. How important was it? And like, how, what was your relationship with like your crew and your DP where you, you know, you're taking that music video background and you're like, okay, we got to put some of this spice back into it. Yeah. Well, I'm a hands-on because uh, I'm a director DP. So I know exactly what you, I want. Oh, hold on. You did the DP too. No, I had uh, uh, a Brufi did the okay. photography, but I am, okay. I have a built-in yeah. DP inside of me. Yeah. And then, so basically you know, I know specifically what I need and I back into the situation, what I can or cannot do. In fact, this thing was shot on uh, two Blackmagic Pro 6Ks as opposed to the big Alexis and all that. It was a one small equipment I can have anywhere in any locations quickly. I wanted to have two of them. Um, the the crazy ant character, Carmen, is shooting mm-hmm. on an iPhone. I'm actually, that's my camera C. Yeah, and, I, just, and, I shot a music video for a band down in South Central recently called The Paranoias, Mexican American Boys, and I shot that all on iPhone 14. It looks great. Yeah, and, and then I push used it. my Fujis. I got a couple of Fujis, mm-hmm. uh, uh, XT3, XT4, and I shoot a lot of stuff on these cameras uh, with the Ninja Five. So uh, uh, all the establishing shots are shot on Fujis and uh, on a drone that is uh, you can buy at Best Buy. Yeah. And you got this. I mean, the one thing about the Black Magic Ski Skip is really getting in the weeds. And man, I want Angel, you're coming back. We're going to talk film and we're going to talk about your production. We're going to do company. a geek out on film. We're going to geek out. But, but I mean, I, I got I mean, were you deciding daylight a lot in in this in this film, not just for the Christmas setting, but because those Black Magics, when they get in the shadow and they get into some of that stuff, they're, they're, they're really like, they get temperamental. <laughs> right. They, yeah. they fall, they fall off on the digital yeah. a lot. And I've, done music videos of black magic and we go around a corner to a shaded alley or something and suddenly i'm like whoa we got to reset yeah, it a doesn't lot. uh you know yes it, you're like a under two thousand dollar camera so mm-hmm. so you you your 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 peaks and valleys are are you know if you overexpose that thing becomes just a white spot so you know da vinci to the rescue uh <laughs> effects so, for sure yeah for so sure. there's pluses and minuses uh, i i don't know how i feel about it i was a bit disappointed like you say but at the same time, I had 6K, so I was able to do a lot, right? So this is mm-hmm. 4K. We ended up in 4K. With the 6K, I'm able to pan and scan and do a, b- a few more things. It's just that you need to have more control. If you're going to work with those cameras, you need to have more lighting power than I had to compensate and keep everything balanced out. So it actually ends up being more expensive. When you save in the camera, you end up spending in the equipment to compensate. So you're, you don't get too hot. You stay within the range of US stock. You're also racing the clock on the, like you said, that you have a schedule to keep. And sometimes not having I a shot big the build, movie. Yeah. How many days? I'm going to, I'm going to guess. I mean, for Mississippi, I'm going to guess you shot it in 11 or 12. You're a smart guy. You know what's up. I do. I've been doing this for a while. 
That was three weeks of which I lost one day in electrical storms, end of the Mm -hmm. world type thing. Mm -hmm. And I lost a bunch of time on and off because we had no power for one of the weeks and it slows us down. So I think altogether we probably shot it in 13 days of actual shooting plus a couple of weekends in East LA. Of course. That's aggressive, man. That's super aggressive. And Geekscapists who think that filmmaking is all Marvel and filmmaking is all big studio stuff. Like, no, this is what we were fighting for in these, in you know, when we went on strike is like, you know, we're filmmakers. We're not, not going to be filmmakers. And it gets hard and you're up against the realities of production, the reality of economics. Sometimes you got to shoot Mississippi yeah. for East LA. But and it's 110 degrees. I still hit a couple hundred ten too, but it's muggy over there. It's like it's like swampy hundred ten degrees. The, the thing about those temperatures is that they're okay for a moment when you get in and out of the car, mm-hmm. but not for twelve hours continuously under the sun when you're say on the soccer field. Yeah, I had never had people faint of heat exhaustion on any project in thirty years. I've had about four people fall to the ground on this one. Brother, brother, that's now, getting scary. Now, Lopez and I would joke. He would go, look at the white boys falling like flies. <laughs> we just work in our tent. I'm from Austin, and I uh, Austin gets like that. Austin, Texas. And, uh, and Geeks gave us a put in context just what a hilarious and awesome dude George is. George has a, uh, a bunch of restaurants here in Los Angeles. And uh, one of them was down by the airport, South Bay, somewhere in there. And uh, these, these Chingon restaurants, that's kind of his brand. And uh, a car went through a stop sign and it was in the news. It was in the news. Like like a, ca- a car goes into George Lopez's restaurant. Of course, it was in the news because he's a high profile celebrity who has a restaurant. And uh, and so, of course, like I send a, a message be like, hey, George, my producer, like, hey, George, we just heard that like a car went into your restaurant, ran a stop sign. Like, is everything good? Like, everybody all right? And he sends us back a message without skipping a beat. This message comes within 10 minutes. And it's a photo of a truck halfway sticking out of this restaurant. And he goes, all good. Just installed a drive-thru. Extremely (laughs) quick on the draw. He was surprised me all the time. Like even when he's off camera. So I'm shooting, you know, over here with these characters. And he's there reading lines. And he'll just say crazy stuff. And I go, turn the camera. Say that again. Like I I must get that on camera. You know, he always he always add, adds some banter at the end of each line. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, can you say that again? Let's grab that one. And then you're editing. And you're, Damn, I got to choose between this one or that one. It's like when he tells uh, Leif at the soccer field, hey, uh, One Direction. And then another take, he, another take you're going to have to get uh, take off your uh, braces for this one. <laughs> and then get him a helmet. I mean, like, I just, which one of those did you choose, right? You know, it, it makes it difficult. Well, Geeks gave us, uh, we're going to have Angel back. Angel or Angel? Come see this. Angel, Angel, Angelito. Angel. Uh, okay. You know. Yeah. I, I also answer to my social security number. <laughs> we're not giving that out over here on Geekscape, but we're going to have you back. All right. Um, Look dude, forward thank- to it. Let's do a geek out on movie making. Let's do it. Uh, Geekscape, hey, thanks for joining us here. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon next time, okay? Muchas gracias. También. Adios. Bye. How great was Angel? I mean, it was almost immediate. You heard it. You heard it right there in the conversation, becoming filmmaking buds uh, on the Geekscape podcast. Angel's going to be back very soon in the new year, and I'm super, super excited to geek out about filmmaking with Angel. Uh, He's just great, and go support him. 
please, it, it means so much to me that you support the people who come on Geekscape and take the time to share their stories with you. Um, I get your DMs, I get your emails, I get, I don't know how you reach out to me, Jonathan at Geekscape.net, find me on the socials, and you tell me, like, hey, I'm about to check this movie out, like, um, I'm, I'm going to go see this one, or this weekend, you told me that, to go see this movie, it was really cool, and I love the filmmaker, like, that, that means so much, and you think I don't share that, I do share that with the filmmakers, I do take screen grabs of your DMs raving about the movies or saying how great they were on Geekscape. And I do share it with them. Why? Because it just freaking feels good to be appreciated. <laughs> and I think Angel was great. And I cannot wait to have him back. Uh, Geekscape, is, it's not the end of the year yet. We have a lot in front of us. LA Comic Con, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Three Geekscape panels. One of them is a Geekscape Live. I don't even know who's on it with me. I mean, I know some of the panelists, but... Guys, you got to subscribe to the podcast to know who's on there and to kind of get the Geekscape take on LA Comic Con. What happened? What was the cool stuff? What were the cool things people bought? What were the awesome moments? Who were the cool celebrities? You got to listen to the podcast by subscribing to it in order to get that episode. And you're going to get two panels after that. Professionals talking about selling screenplays and how they did it and how their careers kind of gone from there and how they stayed in the game, and then how to start your independent comic. Kickstarter, uh, maybe there's Zoop, that's a new one. Indiegogo, maybe you just start taking pen to to paper and making your comic uh, in the hopes that something like a boom or a dark horse and an image will care about it. I've got people who've brought comics to those companies, and they are on that panel with me. So this is a great place to be subscribed if you love that stuff. And obviously... December 8th, the Geekscape holiday live stream. Do not overlook it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be rocking. And uh, I want you to be a part of it. So subscribe to our YouTube, our Facebook, our Twitch channels. And you're going to be notified that on December 8th, we're going to go very early in the morning, start it up. We're going to go very late at night. And we're going to try and do a lot of good with the holiday spirit uh, and raising money. And we're going to try and really, really make the holidays awesome for some, some kids through big brothers and big sisters. Cause that's what ultimately geekscape is about is community and bringing some positivity to this geek space and to each other and all of that. So if you want to give back even the smallest way, just write a review for this podcast on any podcatcher you find, um, the five stars really help us out. The reviews really help us out or just hit that share button, send it to your friends. Be like, Hey, Geekscape's a lot of fun. The dude rambles. Jonathan rambles a lot, but Geekscape's a lot of fun and we're real geeks and we really love this stuff. So till next time, Geekscapers, I want to say, I love you. Geekscape forever. Don't hate create and all that stuff. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.